including all the national championships, is this Nick Saban's best coaching job? I'm going to make a lot of people mad here and say I'm going to reserve judgment to answer that question until the season's over. But there is mounting evidence, Bill, um, that this might end up being the case. But I'm going to I'm going to be a curmudgeon and say can't say because the season's not over yet. But it uh, took a really wonderful turn on Saturday, didn't it, Bill? Several items, yes, and we'll get into that when Alabama. Uh, Texas played early, I wouldn't have had either team in the playoffs. And certainly when Alabama went down to Tampa, I wouldn't have had them anywhere near the playoffs. Well, how about when Alabama played Arkansas? <laughs> You're right. Remember that Hail Mary whatever crap that was that, that Milrow threw? I mean, this has been this has been quite the journey, and it's been a road full of landmines and pits, and it, it is. And but yet at the same time, you know, here we are. And 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 I'm not I, I've stayed out of the fray of the picking of the teams and I refuse to get involved in that. Um but this is an Alabama segment, and I'm asked to come on your show and have the honor of representing the uh, greatest program in the history of college football, and I will say this definitively. The University of Alabama offers absolutely no one an apology that they are one of the four teams in the college football playoffs. The way I word this is going to sound skeptical. I'm not. But how did Alabama beat Georgia? Well, I, I'm going to go to my favorite side of the ball. And there's some guys that I want to uh, I want to give some special uh, uh, recognition to. Alabama's defense, um, you know, they made some adjustments after the first series when Georgia had the ball there uh, and scored. Uh, the, a big adjustment that Alabama made, uh, on, you know, on offense too. When when Georgia Kirby came out with the two spies, and it seemed like when Saban and started running the crossing routes to kind of break that up, it appeared to me that Kirby really didn't have an answer of how to react. That he was pretty sure that that his two spies were going to work on keeping Milrow contained and shutting down our offense. But the secondary from Alabama just keeps getting better, Bill. I mean, Terry on Arnold, Caleb Downs, and Malachi Moore did what they always do. But when Kool-Aid McKinstry went down with, what, like 9.30 to go in the third quarter, and Trey Amos come in and played for 32 snaps, the transfer from Louisiana, Bill, he played phenomenal. But Christian Story, who only played three snaps, and he dropped a potential interception. I've been rough on Christian Story, but he was great in those those three snaps. So, Bill, I just want to give a shout-out to Trey and to Christian for their, their play in that secondary, Bill. Um, this, I'm not trying to make anybody mad. I'm not trying to pour salt in any wound here. Uh, but, you know, the score was 27-24 as the final, Bill. But um, from about the mid-second quarter on, Bill, I never really had any doubt that Alabama was not going to win that game. Caleb Downs was a five-star, so it's not like I'm the first guy to praise him before he got to Alabama or while as a true freshman at Alabama. But you could argue that as a true freshman, he was their best defensive player. 
Oh, absolutely. And it goes back to what we talked about in the summer where the reason that we knew that Caleb Downs was going to be a significant contributor to this team was not only the God-given ability that he had on the football team, but that he was mature off the field. Uh, he's a very cerebral person. He's constantly in the film room. So he's the total package. It says, well, you know, it says he's a freshman, but he's a very mature, intelligent young man. And it's exciting to think that we get to have him for two more years at the University of Alabama. Kevin Hagan on Fridays joins us. We talk about Alabama and Alabama football and the season they have had. Talk to us about the matchup with Michigan. You know, I'll be real honest, Bill. I haven't. I've, I've killed a couple of trees, but I'm not even. I'm not even looking at Michigan for another week. Um, don't mean to curmudgeon on your question, but I, I refuse to spend three or four weeks uh, looking at a team, and I for dang sure not going to spend four weeks working at Michigan. Um, so when I come back on in two weeks, we'll dive into that. I'm just, Bill. I'll just be real honest with you. I'm just enjoying the moment. I'm enjoying Alabama's 30th SEC championship. I'm enjoying uh, the journey that this team has taken to get here, and I'm just. You know, my 46 years, Bill, I'm just sitting back and just kind of basking in the glory of what this season has been. And um, not to be mean or anything, but I'll get to Michigan in a couple of weeks, Bill. I was looking about an hour ago, and this is taped on Thursday for everybody. And I was waiting to see what Jordan Seaton did. And I was thinking Alabama, Tennessee, Ohio State, Oregon. He selected Colorado. Well, I'll say this, okay, um, and I have this from a, a fairly decent source, uh, and it's true. Alabama's had success recently at IMG with Lyman, Evan Neal and J.C. Latham and Tyler Booker. Um, but I'm not so sure that this is necessarily when we get to signing day, Bill. Uh, I'm not so sure that this is the uh, this is the girl. Colorado is the doorbell that he rings, and Colorado's the girl that he pins a corsage on on National Signing Day, if you know what I mean. I'm not sure this is over. True. An announcement isn't binding by any stretch, and we've seen players change their mind historically over the years, and we've got a little over a month to get to signing day and also kevin we do know that nobody's going to stop recruiting him no and i, and I want to point this out and i know i've had a lot of people contact me about neil you know where's you know the, the defensive tackle out of uh, texas a and we're going i would say that okay let me say this okay nick Saban has made this very very clear that alabama is willing to pay market value for players through NIL, and it's not, we know, we just blatantly openly talk about this now, right? Okay. Um, but Alabama's made it very clear we are not going to overplay. So, any player you're looking at, whether it's a high school player where we're getting signed or somebody in the portal that Alabama's looking at, you need to remember he's dead serious when he says, We're not going to go crazy on any one individual. We're going to stick to market value because that's how you really quickly disrupt your locker room in NIL. And Alabama can afford to be that way because they've got a reputation and a brand that says that's not the real money. Sunday's the real money and we'll get you there better than anybody else. Absolutely. You know, it's like, you know, again, not pouring salt in the wound. The rumors are true that the Georgia quarterback 
thinks he needs $4 million to be the quarterback at Georgia next year. Well, you know, I don't know about you, Bill, but I would expect if I paid a quarterback $4 million, he could throw at least one touchdown pass in an SEC championship game. I know, and I know we got a heck of a secondary, uh, but – you know, I mean, it, it's getting to the point of ridiculousness, and some of these some of these players are going to price themselves out of the market. Um, they're valuing themselves just a little bit higher than other people are. Kevin Aiken with us each and every Friday, recruiting or transfer portal items. Kevin, I don't know what you've got, if much, but what can you lend? Well, you know, we, we talked about Seton there. Um, the number one area that Alabama is going to be looking at uh, in the portal is definitely in the secondary. Uh, Alabama is definitely going to go get an experienced cornerback, uh, possibly an experienced safety if Malachi Moore decides to hop in the portal. I look for Alabama to look at a, a defensive end in the portal. Uh, I look for Alabama to possibly look at an experienced edge rusher. They've got talented young guys, but they may decide to go and go. I definitely will be very disappointed if Alabama doesn't bring in an experienced center because I don't expect Seth McLaughlin to return to Alabama, and that's not a knock on him. I'm a big fan of the young man. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I look for Alabama to add Kewan Lacey, the running back out of Lancaster, Texas, to this class. But I also think Alabama will also look to add a running back via the portal because they potentially could lose Jason McClellan and Roy Dale Williams. The, the big question position, Bill, okay, and this is where I've heard rumors of some maybe shocks of potential transfers from Alabama, but I will say this, winning heals a lot of wounds, okay, and when you're positioned to win a potential national championship, a lot of hurt feelings suddenly get a lot better, but the wide receiver room is a place to watch. Um, Jermaine Burton, Corey Brooks could be leaving. There are some young wide receivers. That's a very deep and talented room that I know haven't been happy with their playing time or whatever, so that is a position, Bill, where we could see a lot of movement and potentially Alabama making several moves in the portal is that wide receiver position. And potentially, if Alabama were to lose, say, Ty Simpson and Eli Holstein, we know that uh, Tyler Buckner is going to join the national champion Notre Dame lacrosse team. They won the title this year, of course, beating Duke 13-9. to I was going to watch that game, but I decided to rearrange my coat closet that day. Um, and let's be honest, uh, we've all learned that Tyler Buckner's college football, you know, he was a top lacrosse recruit coming out of high school in San Diego. But I think we can all agree, Bill, that Tyler Buckner's college football career should have been on Xbox exclusively. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama didn't dip into the portal. And I make this very clear, to get a experienced quarterback who knows he's coming in as an insurance policy to be like the third or fourth string guy and run the scout team. I'm not saying he might have come in for competition at the top, but I could see the potential for quarterback depth. Kevin, appreciate the update. Hey, everybody, Friday night, watch some football. Turn on ESPN2, 8 o'clock Central. My Grizz, number two national seed, hosting seven seed Furman. You'll thank me later. FCS football is the best. Go Grizz, beat Furman. And as always, 30th time SEC champs, roll tide.